Woo! Am I on? Well, good morning, Southside. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles. Uh, let me let me put my stuff down. I'm ready to get. Uh, I'm out of my cage now. Uh, get Isaiah chapter 53 and Acts chapter 8. Greg and worship team, thank you so much for leading us this morning in those songs. And uh, we are going to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this morning. Now, Barrett, I texted him the other day when I knew we was coming, and, I, and he said, hey, would you like to preach Sunday? I said, sure, I'm, no problem with that. I said, what do you want me to preach on? You know, so because, see, normally, you know, Barrett just said, well, preach on what you want to preach on. He said, well, I've been going through the book of Acts. And before we get there, I know I've already told you to turn in your Bibles, but go just, just put, somehow figure that out. Get Acts chapter 2. Figure if you can hold those passages, but I want to go back to Acts chapter 2 because Barrett had told me he's been going through the book of Acts, and he told me where he stopped at, and he asked, would I take these verses right here? I said, for sure. So what I did was, earlier during the week, I went back, and I think I went to the week before Barrett preached the last couple of verses that he did, and I went back and started listening to when he preached out of Joel the prophet of Joel, and he finished up those particular chapters. But there was one thing, I was driving at this point in time, and I don't know if y'all remember this outside. Now, here's the thing. You know what our problem is so many times? We are asking God to do a revival within the church, right? We hear that word revival. We want a revival in the church. Well, here's the thing. If you literally allow yourself to sit here, listen online, or when you're not here, listen to the message as Barrett takes us through the book of Acts. Revival is not going to be out there. Revival is not with a group of us. Revival starts with me. See, when the word of God gets hold to me and the Holy Spirit has something to work with, revival starts. I'm not waiting on you for the revival. I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to deal with my heart and the relationship that I'm going to have with people out there for the revival to get started. I'm going to tell you a story. You may not know this, but I'm an Uber driver. <laughs> and if you think you get in my car without being covered by prayer, first of all, <laughs> oh, y'all, I got a story for you. I, I got to get to it. Now, now here's why I want y'all to, here's why I want you to go back to this message that Barrett uh, preached. He was preaching out of Joel, and I'm driving my car, and Barrett, look at verse 17, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. I got to say this before I get to my sermon. Bear was talking, and he got to this point in verse 17. He says, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will, uh, see, uh, will see visions. Your old men will dream. And Bear was talking about this. And all of a sudden, he made this point. I'm driving, right? And he made this point where he says, no one is left out on the pour out. No one is left out on the pour out. Man, I took my car. I said, hold on for a second. I got off the side of the road, and I wrote that down in my Bible. Now, I don't know what else he preached, but that preached to me. When the Spirit poured out the Spirit, no one was left out on the pour out. You tell me they won't preach. I started to tell Bill, let me just preach from that passage right there, brother, just what you just said. That is so good. That the Holy Spirit, we cannot dictate to him. You don't have the power to override him. 
He's going to pour out on his spirit who he wants to pour out his spirit on. And it's all people. He's not leaving no one behind. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Okay, so let's get back over here to your two passages. Let me just say this first, first, first of all, I get started. Glenn, me and Glenn met on the way in. We was talking, went to the restroom, and got to talking about coffee. I had one cup at Bear's house because I knew when I got to South Side, I was going to get a cup of coffee. Glenn looked over at that table where that coffee was supposed to be in. Nothing. I was like, what? Pat Powell got in a plane, flew to Peru, grabbed eight beans off the vine, flew back here to to Lexington, went down to McDonald's and said, crush these beans, and brought me in a cup of coffee from Peru because Southside didn't have no coffee. Brother Powell saved y'all. He really did. Because I was a little bit upset that I didn't have no coffee when I got here this morning. So the coffee committee, I'll be back in two weeks. (laughs) You better have me some coffee up in here. (laughs) What I want to deal with this morning is I want y'all, I want you to see something here. And you're going to run across this in many situations as Barry preached through the book of Acts. But this morning... I want to start off with these passages right here because I want you to see how so many times what we miss out on when we're going through passages. I don't know if y'all remember growing up. I got this from memory in. I, 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 I was asking around for some type of book, but, but here's what I want you to see. How many of you remember the, the books when we had these kind of books and they had these things to where like they had those clear, sh- those clear papers and they would lay over the bone, and then you turn, and then they build a human body up. Yeah. How many of y'all raise, raise your hands? You remember that? See, these are all the old folk. <laughs> I asked my daughter, I said, she homeschooled. I said, hey, Shalise, she's 27 years old. I said, hey, do we have a book around here that talked about the overview of the body? And this? She said, no, we didn't talk about that at home. I said, what? You didn't have an overview book? No. I said, well, you're going to have to go back to school, girl. We're going to have to put you back in school. But here's what I want you to see. Okay, I'm going to come down here. I don't know about you on live screen. This may mess you up a little bit, but that's okay. But here, right here, we have the human body, right? Y'all see that? It's a a skeleton. And then on the next page, watch the skull. You see the skull right here? Everybody see that? We have a little science class here, a little human anatomy class. And then on the next page, it's kind of like that little thin layer comes and lay on top of it. And now you see how they're talking about the skull. Y'all see that? All the little pretty colors. You know, and I was, I used to get excited when, when we had this class where you just flip it and then that little thin layover just lays on top of that and it begins to build the human body up. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about the overlayer. The overlay that we get in scriptures. Sometimes when we're reading scripture, we don't find the overlay to where it lays on top of something else so that you can see how beautiful the passage looked. Okay, so Barry, I want you to read. If y'all with me, go, go, to, go to Isaiah 53 and read verse 7 and 8. Barrett's going to read for us. So go ahead, Barrett. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. 
He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people he was stricken. Now, go to Acts chapter 8. I'm doing this because I want you to follow me later on in my story as we talk about Acts. Okay, now go to Acts chapter 8. Now, watch the layover. Y'all follow me? Watch the layover. There's going to be plenty of passage going through Acts. Herod is going to see something, and it's going to have an Old Testament reference, and so he's going to have to come back and do the layover of it so that you can see it's not just there out of the sky blue. Okay? So this is what I want to call the overlayer. Now, watch this. Go to Acts chapter 8, and we know the story. Here's, here's, here's Philip. The Holy Spirit is calling him to go down. And he catches up with this guy who's going back to Africa. He's already been to Jerusalem to worship. So this brother's on his way back to his hometown. Now notice, I won't bear to stop right there. I mean, starting in verse 29. Now watch this. Listen to the story. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. Now hold on. Watch this now. You got got the Holy Spirit tells Philip, ride down toward the south, and you're going to catch up with this, uh, this Ethiopian who's going back to his hometown. All right? He's been in Jerusalem to worship, and I want you to get near to where you can lean in and hear a little bit. So you imagine now, here's, here's, here's Philip riding this horse. And you got this brother with all his people riding, and, and the Spirit said, get near him. And all of a sudden, he overhears something. And Philip just basically said, hey, bro, do you understand what you read? The Ethiopian says, how can I? He said, well, won't you come up here and join me? And we can read this thing maybe together. Now, notice now, watch what he's getting ready to read. Now, go ahead, Barrett, and read what the Ethiopian was reading. Listen to this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Now, stop right there. Where did we just read that from? Where? Isaiah, 700 years, that passage has been sitting right there. And here comes Philip with the Ethiopian unit who happened to be going back to, to his hometown in Africa, and he's reading this passage by accident. I don't think so. Notice next what Philip does. Listen to this. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Wait a minute. We're reading this together, but I don't know who this guy is talking about. This passage, is he talking about? Who is this man talking about? Notice the next verse. Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Overlay. If you had been right there, could you take that breath? Could you have taken Isaiah, be in that situation, and then explain from that passage? 
that he was talking about Jesus? Because that's what Philip did. And when he found out and got a hold of that, that Ethiopian eunuch said, whoop, put the brakes on because I'm ready to give my life to Christ. Now I understand who this man was. This morning, we're going to be talking about the overlay, okay? Now, go ahead and get back to Acts chapter 2 because I got a lot to cover here, and I want to get done because I don't want that little bell to go off like it did on Mark. And listen, I know it's right here. I can't go ahead and unplug it. Mark, see, 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 when that bell went off on you, I saw that little blue light go off. I said, wait a minute, what is that? And, and, and I said, Barry, is that the bell? He said, yeah, yeah, that's the bell. So I'm going to unplug it. No, I'm not. <laughs> Matt, where's Matt? Matt told his kids, hey, we better pack our clothes because we may not make it back home. And then he said, oh, man, maybe we should have packed our lunch too. <laughs> so... Listen, church, this is, this is, we're going to have a good time. So the title of my lesson this morning is The Gospel and the Resurrection, Part 2. Because Barry kind of dealt with the resurrection a little bit back here a couple weeks ago. So here's what I want us to do. Okay, you got Acts chapter 2. Now, if you notice, there's a particular, I'm not going to even have you turn there. I'm just going to tell you that this passage is out of Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11. Now, it's back in Psalm 16, but now Peter is getting ready to discuss this particular passage. And so what Peter's going to do is he's going to do the layover. He's going to put some meat on the bone. And so what he does here is that, and thank you, Greg, for reading because it's going to help me a little bit. But what he does right there, and I want you to just notice verse 25. When Peter takes this and lays this thing over to make something out of it, The verse starts with saying, David said about him. Well, who is the him? David said about him. Now, Peter picks this up, and this this is what I want you to write down if you want to. David and Peter is wanting you to know that Psalm 16 is talking about somebody else. He's talking about somebody else. Now, we got to find out who is this. That he's talking about. Well, down in verses 29 through 30, Barrett, if you don't mind, read me verse 29 and 30. Notice now, he already talked about this prophecy. Okay? Verse 29, Barrett, if you'll read that for me. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. Yes, sir. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Now, stop right there. Here's what we got to do. Here's what we got to do. See, if you, if you was at home reading that, what would you do with that? Well, let me help you out a little bit. You may want to write this down. Peter is saying, and David, David left us a message telling us that God made him a promise, David. God made David a promise, watch this now, that one of his descendants will be placed on his throne. God made David a promise. Now, you got to go back. This is Israel time. God comes to David and says, hey, I'm going to make you a prophet. I mean, I'm going to make you a promise. And in this promise, one of your descendants are going to sit on your throne and rule forever. Now, here's my question right here is, when did God make that promise to him? Because that's the first thing I thought about. Well, I got to, what's the overlay? What's the overlay? I got to go back and find, when did God make this promise? Well, you can write this down and read it later. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. 
God makes this promise to David that one of your descendants is going to sit on your throne forever. Well, who is this descendant? Because you're talking about from David's time all the way up into now, who is this descendant? Now, watch this, y'all. Watch this. Then we're going to get down to my point. Here is the thing. We got to find out who is this descendant. So, Barrett is going to read a couple of verses for us so that we can wrap our minds around who this descendant is, okay? So, Barrett's going to read Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, if you're taking notes. He's going to read John chapter 1, verses 46 and 49, and then John chapter 19, verses 19 through 22. So, we're going to just let Barrett read. But I want you to see that God made David a promise. Does, does God keep his promise? Yes, he does. You seen a rainbow lately? He keeps his promise. And he kept his promise to David. But we got to find out because there's been a lot of descendants. It's been a lot of descendants of David since that time. But who is this one person that he said is going to be established on his throne forever? All right. Go ahead, Barrett. Isaiah 9, 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Who is that? I don't know yet. Let's keep reading. Okay, John chapter 1. Who, who is Isaiah talking about? Who is this person? Well, let's go to John chapter 1. And in John chapter 1, here's the story. As you remember, Philip go find Nathaniel. And he says to him, Hey, we have found this guy who we think who have come out of Nazareth to be who we think he said he is. And you know what this brother said? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Really? Watch this. Go ahead, Barrett. When Jesus saw Nathanael approach, approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me, Nathaniel asked. How do you know me, Nathaniel asked. Who is this man? How do you know me? You know, you, now Mark is from New York, so, so it's, it's, you know, being from New York, you just don't walk up on, up on the streets in New York and say, hey, you know, it ain't like the South. You know, in the South down in there, we can go up the street, talk about anybody, talk to anybody. You know, find out where they're from, where they live, all this and that. Not in New York. Because they're going to be saying, hey, how do you know me? And it won't be nice. Because they're going to be looking at you kind of like, hey, what's up with that? You know? But listen to what happened. Listen to what happened in Nathaniel. Listen to it. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. What? The layover. The layover. Now, one more passage. This is in John chapter 19. And then I'm going to make my points. And this is where our lesson is going to just finish up getting this skeleton all together here. John chapter 19, Pilate had come to the decision what he's going to do with Jesus. And he, okay, and he makes this confession. That's all right, brother. That's all right. I feel you. I feel you ready to get up and preach with me. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> so, so watch what happened and watch what is being said in John chapter 19. Go ahead, Barrett. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. 
The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have have written. written. I'm not changing it. Because you know what? I had a conversation with this man. I had a conversation with this man. And for some reason, this is bothering me. My wife done had this dream. She's telling me, hey, don't have nothing to do with this man. I'm telling you, don't have nothing to do with him, Pilate. This is what, this is what his wife is saying. She had this dream. Leave this man alone. And Pilate, in the end, tried to please the people, tried to please where he lived, tried to please everybody else. And he wrote that and he said, I'm not going back to change any of it. Point number one. Here's what I want you to write down. Point number one, Jesus is Israel's last king. You don't have to worry about another king coming. Jesus was Israel's last king, and God kept his promise to David. Jesus is David's descendant that is sitting on his throne forever. You don't have to look for another king. You don't have to look for another descendant because it is Jesus himself. We ain't looking around for somebody else. And I'm going to talk a little bit about more about that. But point number one is Jesus is Israel's last king. He is David's descendant. Now drop down to verse 36. So here's point number two. Here's point number two. I got three points. And then 14 up under that. No. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to this. Point number two, verse 36. Barry, will you read that for me? Oh, Barry got his mic all messed up. Okay. I'm good. Okay, you're good. Verse 36. Of, listen to this now. Watch this. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Here's point number two. Because, now watch this. He's not just Lord and Christ just because Peter is saying it. Peter is saying it for a reason. You know why he's saying it for a reason? Because of the resurrection and his ascension. That's why he's Lord in Christ. See, if you walk down the street and somebody say, hey, somebody point to me and say, hey, Rand is Lord in Christ. Well, what proof do I have to be Lord in Christ? What, what proof do I have to have all authority? Nothing. Jesus has been resurrected And he has ascended, and he's sitting on David's throne forever. And he is saying right here, because of his resurrection, he has been made Lord in Christ. Now, here's what I want you to write down for point number two. Because of the resurrection and ascension, Peter said he is both Lord in Christ. Now, write down Matthew chapter 28, okay? Because when you go back and read Matthew chapter 28, you're going to find out that in those particular verses, the Bible says... He told him, Jesus told the disciples, all what have been given to me, authority, because I am the risen Christ. It wasn't just, it wasn't just because, he, because he was the risen Christ. Now, here's what I want you to see. If point number one is Jesus is Israel's last king, he's David's descendant, and point number two is he's Lord and Christ because of the resurrection and ascension, what do we get out of point number three? Here's what I want you to write down. Here's point number three. Hmm. Because of number two, here's point number three. Salvation for the whole world 
is found in no one else but Christ. Because of the resurrection, because of the ascension, salvation is found for the whole world and no one else but Christ himself. Well, look at, look, look at, uh, look at verse 37. And I'm going to just stop at verse 37. Here's why I'm going to say this. If salvation is found nowhere else for the whole world to be saved, it's only found in Christ, Peter picks back up after they, he assured them that this Christ whom you are crucified is both Lord and, and, and Christ. Notice what the people said. When the people heard this, they was cut to their hearts and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what should we do? Because you done laid the foundation. Now we got a picture of the whole skeleton with meat and bones and flesh on it to where we can see that we have crucified this man. And he is now both Lord and Christ. And he is asking them, the people, what, what must we do now to get rid of this guilt, this, this blood that is on our hands? Well, Barry's going to pick that back up. So come back next Sunday. Because I don't, because see, the way this is flowing, I don't want to bump into what Barry's going to be talking about from Acts chapter 37 all the way down to the end of the passage. Because it's going to deal with salvation. Because Peter's making a point that, listen, the only hope you have is in Christ. It's in Christ. Now, <laughs> this, this is amazing that I'm almost finished with my story. But I want you to see something that Peter did. Now, I'm going to give you the overlay. I didn't get buried this one. I told him this morning, you got to get ready for this one, bro. This is amazing. This is amazing. Now, here's, you're going to have to write this down. Get the book of Matthew. Any part of it. It don't make no difference. Just grab Matthew. Anywhere you flip it, it's going to be good. So I don't care what chapter you get. I just want you to look at the book of Matthew. Just glaze it. Just Translate it, look at, because here's the thing I want you to see. Peter comes alongside Matthew. Watch this now. Peter comes alongside Matthew now, and he's going to lay over on top of everything that Matthew written about Christ. And here's what Peter was saying. In the layover of all the book of Matthew, this is what Peter is proclaiming. Israel here is your king, Peter's saying. Your king have arrived. It's Jesus Christ. Your king have been approved by God. It's Jesus Christ. Your king have been opposed, crucified, and risen. It's Jesus Christ. And your king now stands victorious. It's Jesus Christ. And Peter takes all of Matthew and says, I'm going to cram it all into one verse. This is your Lord and King. This is your Christ. And he takes Matthew and he tells you, because see, here's the thing. Matthew is written to the Jews for that purpose. See, that's why you find a lot of talk about the kingdom. Because Matthew is trying to get the Jews ready. This is your king. This is your, and they didn't buy it the whole time. And Peter, Peter just goes back and lay over all of that and says, this is your king. He have arrived. He's been approved by God. You crucified him, and now he's victorious. And now the people says, well, what, what, what must we do now? 
Let me tell you a story, an Uber story. I picked up a guy. I got called to go pick up a guy over here where Sheila grew up at, over in North Nashville, not too far from Fisk University, to give you guys an idea. Maybe this, you know, if you've ever been to Nashville. I picked this guy up, and I see where I picked him up at is going to be an eight-minute ride. An eight-minute ride. So, and all the people who ever get, you know, see, I already, you know, prayer has already been laid before I get in my car earlier that morning. I always ask the Lord, listen, there's three things I want from you. First of all, I want to be aware that there is somebody in my car that you love and care about. Number two, I'm asking you to give me words of wisdom when to speak and not to speak. And number three is, I want you to know that this person may be someone that needs to help me, help me to be aware of that. Y'all follow me? So that's my prayer every morning. I get this guy, Greg, in my car, and I see, so he's, a, he's an African-American guy, and he's telling me he's got to go down to the store to get some, some, some meat to go in his turn of greens. Because his mama said, man, you need this meat and these greens to make it right. And I said, yeah, bro, you got to have some meat in that green, you know. So the brother get in the car, and we're riding, y'all, and this is unbelievable. We're riding, and we come up on a funeral. We come up on a funeral. So now I got I to gotta slow my car down because of the funeral, right? And we get to talking, and for some reason, as the, as the people are coming out with the body, there are some military people there. There are some people with, you know, motorcycle jackets on. I don't know what, you know, who, what, what the funeral was about. But all of a sudden I said to him, I said, isn't it amazing that you see such a group of people, you know, soldiers and motorcycle people and this and that. And I just basically said to him, you know what? We all going to have to go at some point in time. That's all I said to him. This is what this guy said to me. He said, Randy, I've been thinking about this. He said to me, you know, I don't know. If when I die, if I'm going to go be with him or if I'm going to go and be down there. Now, I'm driving my car and I look back at this brother and I said, what did you just say? I said, let me tell you something. I said, this is what I told him. I said, listen, I said, brother, you, you got to get this settled. I said, I'm not thinking about if I'm going to be up there with him or if I'm going to be down there with him or down here. I said, I already got that settled with Jesus. I said, in that moment, I said, listen, he died for me. I'm not, I'm not trying to do anything to approve myself for him. All the things I have is wrapped up in Christ. He has saved me. So I'm not thinking about whether I'm going to be up there with him or not. Like what you're thinking. I said, listen, you got to get that settled. Y'all, he looked at me. He said, I've been reading the scriptures. He said, my daughter She's kind of here. She's kind of Gnostic. She's kind of like all over the place or whatever. It's, you know, now, now the story's coming in like the woman at the well. You know, when, when, when Jesus said, hey, what mountain? You, you know, hey, do we worship on this mountain? So now I got to kind of like, okay, let me, let me, let me just kind of take this conversation and get it back on him. You follow what I'm saying? And so I said to him, I said, listen, I said, you don't have to sit here and wait till you die for that answer. I said, when you die, it, it's over with. I said, I've already had the answer settled. This is what I tell them. I said, that answer is already settled for me. I said, now, the question is, how are you going to settle this? By that time, now we're easing on through the funeral thing. I'm going to turn back around. 
And y'all, I'm telling you, we get to the stores of Kroger's. And that Saturday morning, I had taught our men's group because we meet once a month. And I tell him, I said, listen, I said, I said, before you get out, I said, I got something for you. I said, I got a little book here that I want you to read. And when you read this book, I don't want you to read it from the perspective of you trying to have a relationship with Christ. I want you to read this book from how Christ wants to have a relationship with you and how he wants to love you and how he wants to care for you. This is the book I want you to read. And I said, concerning your daughter, I said, now listen, I said, what you got to do is you got to get yourself together first. Don't worry about her. You got to find out, you know, where's this Christ in your life? Y'all, I didn't skip a beat that morning. I did not skip a beat. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, I don't know where he's at today. I don't know what he's doing. But let me tell you, since I started, I'm full-time with Uber, okay? I started last year in June, okay? Every month, I have had people in my car that ask me for prayer requests or whatever case may be. There have been some conversation that I'll give you another example where I heard a guy, I picked him up from the hospital, him and his wife, and when they got in, I said, hey, well, how are you guys doing? And then he said, well, you know, not, not so good. I said, well, you know, I, I can see maybe coming from here is not, you know, can be a bad thing. They were from New York, Mark, and he had just got, <laughs> this is funny, he had just got tested for something. So as I'm taking him to the airport, I can hear him talking to his daughter, and he's kind of telling her about the test. So when I got them out of the car, because I can see, I have the person's name on my app, and I just wrote his name down, him and his family. And every month, from last year up until now, every, at the end of every month, I write down all the prayer requests, and I got an Uber prayer book. Of all the people who have rode in my car, whether we had conversation or not, or if I overheard a conversation, I got their names down, and I pray for them. Every month. And you think, you think, you think that the Holy Spirit is not working and cohesive with me? That he's not working on people's hearts that I've been praying for that I never see again? You're fooling yourself if he's not. I believe it. I believe that he's working on people's hearts whether I see them ever again. I'm closing. Here's my question to you, Southside. If you don't get coffee here in two weeks, (laughs) what do you believe about what Peter was talking about this morning? Especially the end where he says he is Lord in Christ. How is he ruling in your hearts and minds? Is he Lord in Christ in your heart and mind this morning? Have you bowed a knee to him? Or are you going to sit back and say, just like that guy, I don't know if I'm going to be with him or if I'm not. You know, you need to settle some things. You need to settle some things. I saw where uh, Barry was up here and we was talking about leadership. You got new elders coming on. I'm an elder where I serve. And as shepherds, we are responsible for you. We are responsible for you. We love on you. We care about you. You're going to have new shepherds that's going to come in. And the reason I'm saying this is because Mark said something this morning in class that I think we take for granted. He talked about, he talked about how, like when, we read, when he was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, 
There's no sin that come upon us that we don't have a way out because the Holy Spirit gives us a way out, but we don't take it. And then he talked about how, like, there are certain temptations that may be in his life that he never experienced. There are certain things that he may have never experienced in life, and it, and, and, and it may not be a part of his life. There are others that we have experienced some things, and it is a part of our life. But let's just say you got Mark and we got me. Now, the only way me and Mark can have good fellowship and see how the Holy Spirit is working in our lives is that we got to spend time together. I got to know his little bit about his life. You need to know a little bit about my life. Because here's the thing. The thing of what our problem is, and I know y'all got small groups and things like this. What, what our problem is, y'all, we got to get involved in each other's lives. We got to know sometimes what our struggles have been and what our past have been like. Because let me tell you something. When I'm dealing with people, when I'm dealing with people, I and I'm listening to a conversation or having a conversation with someone that I haven't experienced, I got somebody in mind that I can pull out of my head, out of my head, and say, I need to get with this person because this person fits this person's situation. Y'all follow me? So I make the connection. But I can't make that connection if I don't know you. And Southside, you got to get to know each other deeper because people have to need us. Some of you probably been alcoholic. Some of you probably been on drugs. Some of you probably been sex act. I don't know. But you can't sit here and be quiet about that because, listen, let me tell you something. If you, you can write this down. I'm a product of my past. I'm a product of my past. I grew up across the street from the edge of project. My grandmother lived in the project. I'm a product of my past, but I'm not a prisoner of my past. You see the difference? I'm a product of that. You are a pro- all of you are a product of your past, but you don't have to be a prisoner of it. And so what God, listen to this, what God has done with my story is he's using it for his glory. So that's why I'm not ashamed if I got to come across a situation where God wants to use me. I'm not sitting back like, oh, oh, well, I, you know, that was in my past I don't want to talk about. It. Oh, God done clean me up from that. I can stand a little taller because of him. Now I'm in a relationship and I'm talking to Greg and Greg has been going through some things that I have just years ago came out of. And I can say, Greg, let me tell you something. Let me tell you how God has delivered me from this. And I want to come alongside and help you. Not talk about you. Come alongside and help you. That's what relationship is about. I don't know if I made sense this morning. But you better give me some coffee. (laughs) Church, it's been a pleasure. And I hope you take the book of Acts and continue to let that thin layer cover the bones and keep listening and keep learning. Because if you want revival to take place, It's got to take place here. Every morning I wake up, every morning I wake up, and when I get in my car, I am so excited. I am so excited because you know what? I am with people that I will probably never see again, and I'm driving every morning picking up people that God says, I love them, Randy. Before they have a conversation with you, I love them. And now that just gets me all fired up. And let me tell you something. See, that sin don't scare me. You can tell me your story, and you're not going to sit there, and you can tell me the worst of the worst, and you not, I'm not even going to blink. Because your sin don't scare me because I got one who can take care of that. I got somebody who can take care of that. And I just turned Jesus on them. I don't have no choice. And I'm telling you, the world is out there waiting on us. 
Don't be ashamed of your past. Don't let the enemy tell you, oh, you used, you used, yeah, yeah. And then we, we huddle like, well, if I say this, they're going to look at me all cross-eyed and funny. No, 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 no. Let your story be his glory. That's all I have to say. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, elders. Get my coffee. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for our time this morning. Thank you for the singing. Thank you for the breaking of bread. Thank you so much that you have gathered us just to maybe hear one verse. As Peter said, I assure you that this one you are crucified is both Lord and Christ. And we want him reigning in our hearts. As we go through the book of Acts, Father, I pray that you will revive us within ourselves. Let revival start within me and then in them. To move about in this world, Lord, that we be not ashamed of you. That we don't hold back our stories, how you have delivered us and how you have loved us in the midst of all of that ugliness. Because somebody may be the woman at the well. Somebody may be our Nicodemus. Somebody may be whoever it is that you want to use us, our story to bring you glory. Thank you so much for our time. May we walk with the crucified Christ with our heads up, realizing, Lord, that the opposition that the devil is going to throw at us, it's going to come. But somebody said earlier, my peace I give to you, not the peace of the world. Oh, yeah, you're going to have trouble and tribulation, but my peace I give you. Walk in it. Share me with this dying world. Please help us, Lord. Please help us. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen.